You are welcome to a great moment in destiny. God is about to speak directly to you and the message coming right up is crafted by heaven not just to challenge you but to align your destiny. As you embrace divine instruction, expect that God's word is bringing about revival, healing, restoration and transformation to your entire life. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me and receive God's word through his choice vessel, Apostle Goodheart Obi Ekoeme. Romans 8, 17 to 18 in the King James Version and Isaiah 32. Oh, I feel him already push me behind me. Whoa. Isaiah 32, verse 15. Shall we read from Romans 8, 17 and 18? One, two, three, go. And if children then hears, hears of God and join hears with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Praise the Lord. Isaiah 32 verse 15. One, two, three, go. Until the spirit be poured upon us from on high and the wilderness be a fruitful field and the fruitful field be counted for a forest. Somebody shout a big amen. amen. On assignment this morning, broken for glory part number four. Somebody excited? Our Father, it is yet again on bending knees that we Lift our hands, our hearts to bless you for the gift of life and for the gift of this new month and new season you brought us into. We're exceedingly glad and excited because only the living can praise you. Let everything that hath breath pray. I beseech you again to take a coal of fire from the altar of heaven and on the lips and the tongues of clear of the seven sons of yours today that I will come to your people with a word from the throne of grace. Help me to go beyond my preparation, study, contemplation, my memory to speak expressly your counsel move every man every woman every boy every girl under the sound of the voice of this preacher whether in this room or across the nations to levels untold in the place that is called glory as always we vow to return the praise the honor the glory back unto you in jesus wondrous name we have prayed somebody shout a big amen, amen. whilst you're seated touch your neighbor and tell them broken for glory Hallelujah. It is sincerely my prayer and my conviction at the same time that God will yet again bring us into deeper dimensions and greater dimensions of glory unveil. Even as we remain faithful, committed, consistent to the various demands to partake of and to walk in the glory of the Lord. I am particularly grateful for the several teachings that God has already brought along our way regarding this particular peculiar subject of brokenness. Of the truth, God has, through the vehicle of these teachings, began to reshape our hearts, recalibrate our thinking. It was somebody who wrote me from ways in USA who attends church when she's able to online, but certainly is a very 
vivid, avowed, uh, fanatical member of GPPA. In spite of the time, she joins GPPA almost every day that I can think about, odd times, odd hours. She said to me that she has been so blessed by gleaning from the teaching on brokenness that we've been enjoying here. Because in the day and the age we live, not many people are teaching subjects along this line. These are her words, by the way. So these teachings have begun to recalibrate our thinking, begin to soften our hearts toward God and the things of God. At the same time, with God working with those words like a scapula, like a painter with a paintbrush, like a sculpture with a scapula, beginning to tend, shape, reform our inside. At the same time, what we've begun to experience around us is an amazing time of divine encounters with God literally in all of our services. So that our services have become more or less meetings of church unexpected. There's such a heightened level of expectancy and expectation in our gatherings, whether it is when we meet in twos or threes and tens in the ICC at homes, or whether we meet on Sunday morning, or like my sister said, uh, uh, when we meet on Wednesday. You see, there, there's a heightened level of expectancy that you, nor even I, cannot tell what God will do next. Praise the Lord, somebody. And that is the workings of the teachings of brokenness in the heart of believers. It is evident, beloved, that at Rogic, just about anything and just about everything can happen. Praise the Lord, somebody. When you begin to give room to the Holy Ghost, make room for him to move as he pleases, he will take the struggles that are common uh, with believers' lives outside yielding to the Holy Ghost from you. He will be a carrier of your person from where you are to where he has reserved from you. You see, life, begun, life continues to be a struggle as a believer when the saints don't know how to yield to the Holy Ghost. When you learn to yield to the Holy Ghost, what happens to you is like, like the eagle, you don't fly by flapping your wings. Like the eagle, you glide based on the current of the wind. In other words, when other birds are struggling to flap to fly, the eagle just puts out the, wing, the wings this way and glides by the movement of the wind. That is grace and ease. In a like manner, literally everything in your life, whether your health, your finance, your marital destiny, your economics, your business, will become a whole lot lighter and easier when you learn how to yield to the Holy Ghost. One of the things used to symbolize the Holy Ghost is oil. And you know, one of the things about oil is that it has a measure of viscosity such that when you use oil in the midst of engine parts, your engine, your whatever it is at home, when you put oil there, what happens is that though metal ought to be rubbing against each other, but because of the oil that has good viscosity, there is a lubrication so that the oil uh, hinders the iron from rubbing against itself. What am I saying? The oil of the Holy Ghost makes life easy. That's why he's called the oil of gladness. He's called the oil of joy. Praise the Lord somebody. So as you learn to give more room to the Holy Ghost in your life, not just in church on a Sunday morning, but in every area of your life, you're saying, God, be in control of my life. 
I want you to take over the driving wheel of my life. You see, the challenge with many believers is that they say they trust God, but they don't really trust God. They think if they take their hands off the driving wheel of their lives, determining where they go, how they go, who they marry, what job they work, they think if they dare to do that, their life will be destroyed. But listen, there is a place where you come in the Holy Ghost, you lose control, but the Holy Ghost is in control. And your life cannot be as improved as when you allow the Holy Ghost to be in complete control of your life. Hello, somebody? The Bible declares in 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is that spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Wherever the spirit of the Lord is allowed to have access and free course, there's a guarantee of liberty. That means by extension, when the Holy Spirit is not allowed to have free course, there is bondage. If you're going to enjoy liberty, you must allow the Holy Ghost free reign in your life. You must come to the place like Simon Peter came after an all-night fishing expedition in Luke 5, where he said, I've told all night, I've done all I know to know to, to do, but Jesus, at your word, nevertheless, I will cast the net as you instructed in the right side, in the deep end. You must come to the place like Jesus arrived at Gethsemane, praying three times to the Father, just perhaps this cup can pass him by. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. As I speak this word to you, I pray that your heart begins to be more softened than ever before to yield to the Holy Ghost. To go where he sends you, to do what he asks you to do, the safest place to be in this world is to be led by the Holy Ghost. <laughs> the most place to be blessed is to be led by the Holy Ghost. Many people are asking God to bless their endeavor. Simply, all they ought to do is ask God, what is the endeavor you've blessed? Then do the endeavor. You're asking God to bless where you're going to. You haven't inquired. Should you go there in the first place? Praise God, somebody. We must thank God. We must be appreciative of God for what he is doing amongst us for such a time as this. Because whatever you appreciate will appreciate in value. What you don't appreciate will ultimately depreciate in value. What you learn to thank God for, God will increase, God will expand. Jesus thanking his father for five loaves, two fish, cause the law of limitation to be broken over five loaves and two fish fed multitudes. The one leper that came back to say thank you caused there to be an addition to just healing, to wholeness, as we heard this morning. We must appreciate God for where we are, for what God is doing. Whilst what God is doing in Rogic is not localized to Rogic, but what God is doing in Rogic, He's not doing everywhere. That's the truth. It's not localized here. He's doing it in certain pockets and places in the world, but it's not everywhere. So if you find a place where God is doing this, what is this? The steering of the hearts of people, preparing them for the coming glory. You must thank God you're part of such a company. Saints, it is said, to him who much is given, much is required. 
I was sharing with one of uh, my dear brothers who walked into church. I said, I said, I said, Brother Sanso, so I'm quite, I'm quite concerned with what God is doing amongst us. And I said to him, it seems to me that the more God is opening the portal of heaven over us as a people, the more he also demands for heightened level of commitment from us. Heightened level of devotion. Heightened level of consecration. Heightened level of service. Serving with your time, with your resource, with your skill, with your competence, with your money, with everything you have. Because the truth be told is that everything you have came from God. There is nothing you have you think you have. You're only a steward, not an owner of anything. Naked you came, Job 121, naked you depart. So Jesus said to the disciples in Matthew 10, 8, freely you've received, freely you give. There is nothing you have that you have. All you think you have, you're only a steward of it. We must be grateful. Can somebody shout, I am truly grateful. Please touch anybody and tell them there's much more glory coming your way. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. There's much more, much more glory coming your way. Get ready, get ready, get ready. I believe the days will come literally. Literally, while somebody is preaching in one place, literally he could be translated to another city to proclaim the same kind. I believe just as it was after the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus in John 20, that the door was shut. The disciples for the fear of the Jews locked themselves in that room. But guess what? Jesus came with a resurrected body had no need to knock on the door boom he walked through the door I believe these are the days did the master not say that greater things greater works shall my church my believers do than I did somebody said here I am Lord use me hallelujah you see people don't believe that's the only challenge people don't believe I believe I really believe. Hallelujah. It is my conviction that God is not done with us regarding the teachings on brokenness. As I prayerfully sought the Lord, as I normally would do regarding what He will have us zero in and focus on in the month of May, I realize that in many regards, He will simply have us to continue with the flow. Of the teachings in the month of April. I could have actually themed the month of May Glory Unveiled season two. I could have easily because that's the flow of the teaching. But I also sense that God was saying to me that there would be dimensions of the shower of the supernatural and of the favor of God in this season. Hence the theme, supernatural faith. That's why I prayed on May 1 for those who were on GPPA. That there is something that the Holy Spirit, wow, seeks to make us understand about him in this season. Something about, something about this season with the Holy Spirit. I can't fully explain it just yet, but something about the Holy Spirit. And as I thought about that, Two things came to my mind. 
I realized there was a strong, or there is a strong connection between the Holy Spirit and brokenness. You say, what is the connection? I will tell you because you asked. Number one connection is this. In the course of time you learn, there are quite a number of instruments and vehicles that God uses to bring about brokenness in the life of believers. One of such vehicles and instrument is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. It's one instrument he uses to bring about brokenness. The Bible declares in John 16 verse 8, and when he is come, the Holy Spirit now, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Judgment. He will reprove. So the Holy Spirit comes to bring about conviction. People mistake conviction with condemnation. So the hyper-grace teachers who have taken grace out of balance of scripture tell you that whenever you have a conviction of the Holy Ghost is a condemnation. My God. Listen carefully. One place you don't want to ever arrive at as a believer. Please listen. Is a place where you're no longer accessible and available for the dealings, the leadings, the promptings of the Holy Ghost. If you like, the conviction of the Holy Ghost. Because to convict you is the Holy Spirit bearing witness of your weakness. But at the same time, the Holy Spirit in his mercy, in his grace, in his love, will show you the way out of your weakness into the strength called Jesus. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Let me rewind. I need for you to get in your spirit. So nobody can confuse you anymore. The conviction of the Holy Ghost is the Holy Spirit bearing witness to your heart of your weakness, of your sin. Doesn't stop there, but he also shows you the way of escape. That is Christ. So the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that God will not allow you to be tested more than you are able to be, but he will with, somebody say with. Come on, talk to me. He will what? He will with every temptation or every test make a way of escape. So the Holy Ghost comes to bear witness to your heart. Hello, of certain things that are not in place, but it doesn't stop there. He shows you the way out, and the way out is called Jesus Christ. John 14, verse 6, Jesus said, No other preacher said it, no other prophet said it, just Jesus alone. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the light. So the Holy Ghost's responsibility is when you miss it, beyond that, is to bear witness with your heart. So you stop, you will ponder, and hopefully you will repent, you will turn around. You see, what it means to repent is not altogether a bad word, not a negative word. Oh, listen, what it means, means to repent is to repent. The word re is to turn around, to return, to release, to, re, to redeem, to whatever re. So this time it is repent. 
what is the pen? The pen speaks of the top of the building, the penthouse. So when you repent sincerely, what happens to you is that God takes you from the bottom to the top again. He takes you from the place called Lodiba to the place of the king. When you repent, you're coming from the fallen state to the high place of grace where he set it to be by way of redemption. So the word repentance is a good word. But the only challenge is, is people, people don't like the conviction. They think it's condemnation. I said, the Holy Ghost can't make me feel bad. No, he will make you feel bad. The moment the Holy Ghost stops to make you feel bad for doing bad, you are called a bastard. Read the Bible. I didn't say that. Hebrews 12, 7 to 8, 9 to 10. Huh? He chastises those whom he loveth were he not to chastise to correct you you become a bastard and you see there's something dangerous i want us to really look at now please 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 it's unfortunate oh help me lord yeah 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 it's unfortunate that people have been in church for a long time and they've allowed the spiritual bullets of the spirit sent to them please listen targeted to them with the intention of killing flesh they escaped it Are you, do, you, do you hear that you will hear it very soon oh help me jesus Help me to stay on track. There are people who are in church. Unfortunately, they got too casual with church. They got too familiar with the Holy Ghost. They got too familiar with the word of life. The word of life is called the sword of the spirit. And the intention of a sword is not to pamper you. Oh boy. The intention of the sword is to cut you. But people who don't want to live right don't want to be under this umbrella where the sword comes regularly. Because they say Pastor, I don't like being around this kind of church. They confuse conviction of the Holy Ghost to condemnation. So they go away. They go to another place, supposedly a church. And why they go there is this. The word that comes usually doesn't have bite. It rarely convicts. It tells them, beloved, everything is well. You are now born again. You're heaven bound. You don't need to do all of that. No, you said yes to Jesus. There's nothing wrong with you. You're a saint. Once born again, forever born again. Live your life anyhow. It sounds funny. True. It is a blessing of God 
for God, your father, to speak to you and you are in the place of tenderness enough to embrace him, his word, and then you use his word to realign yourself to be more like Jesus. It's a blessing of God. It's a real blessing of God. I said, when you expose yourself to the word, to the Holy Ghost, he will show you that you're not all that. In fact, the closer you get to him, the more of the grime and the debris and the, and the spots and the blemish you will see in your life. The further away you are, you think you're all that, you think you're Mr. Perfect, but you try to draw near to light. When you draw near to light, you will see hypocrisy, you will see jealousy, you will see malice, you will see envy, you will see greed, you will see idolatry, you will see covetous, you will see warmongering. Why? As you draw near to light, light reveals. He doesn't reveal to destroy, he reveals to redeem. The things even you don't know you're carrying within you until you expose yourself to the Holy Ghost, expose yourself to the light of the Word. But you see, it becomes dangerous for you to expose your heart to the word of God and then you do nothing about it. What will happen? Your heart will become hardened. Are you still here? Help me, Lord. So the other thing we see about the Holy Spirit and brokenness is that it's not only one of the principal agents or vehicles that God uses to bring about brokenness in the lives. But this one is very comforting. As a matter of fact, he is also a comforter. Wow. To us, when we're going through our wilderness experiences. In other words, the Holy Spirit regulates the heat. He regulates how much pressure that is allowed to come upon you. Regulates how much heat can come upon you. And many a time you wonder, man of God, how much more can I take? Anybody there? How much more of this thing can I take? He, he knows what you can take. Keep on exposing yourself to the light, to the spirit, to the light, to the spirit, to the light, to the spirit. You know what? As you do that, he's cutting off things, weights. And sometimes not just sins, but weights. They lay outside the weights, the weights and the sins that does so easily beset us. You may know some things are sin, but certain things are weights. Distraction is a weight. Certain things in your life that take your time out of kingdom investment is a weight. Holy Ghost will reveal them and show you what they are. That you can, you can, you can unwind yourself from both the sins and the weight. We're reading our companion text, Isaiah 32:15. Until the spirit, wow, you like this one now. Until the spirit be poured upon us from on high, whoa, and the wilderness be a fruitful field, and the fruitful field be counted for a forest. Can you imagine in your wilderness experience, and I will talk about the wilderness a little, little bit in the next few minutes, its significance. As relating to the glory of God. Imagine the Holy Spirit being poured forth 
in your dark hour, in your hour of testing, in your hour of difficulty, in your hour where you, you think you're about to give up, the pressure is much. <laughs> you think, how much more can I take? Then God just pours out his spirit over you in your wilderness. And he says when he does that, he will bring about comforting so that in your wilderness, it will become a fruitful field. Oh boy. That's a miracle. That's favor. You become a fulfilled. And also, the, from the fulfilled, you also graduate to become a forest. That means when the Holy Ghost comes upon you in your wilderness moments, he refreshes you. It's like the fourth man that came in the fire where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego or a bad Negro were in. Uh huh. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The Holy Ghost stepped in and intervened for them. What was meant to be a heated, seven times heated by Nebuchadnezzar, it became an air condition for pavilion. That's the Holy Spirit in the wilderness. The Holy Spirit in the wilderness was like when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, ferocious and angry lions. But when Daniel was thrown there, it became what? They became a pet to Daniel. Why? The Holy Ghost in the wilderness. So I want to let you know that no matter how off your wilderness has been no matter how much of a level of brokenness you've been through or been to the Holy Ghost said I'm about to pour out on you in your wilderness in other words you can handle it as a preacher said you can take a licking and keep on ticking you know some of you were so glad when you saw the theme of the month this uh, month of May weren't you excited I was too but what you're not so glad about about this teaching of brokenness Man of God, I thought it was over. You're still here again? No, the Holy Ghost is still here. I'm not the one here. You know something? Can I tell you something? I, 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 the, the Holy Spirit literally, he, he impressed upon my heart with a large, loud ringing bell. Don't you dare change the sound you're putting out right now. If you dare do that, for many of the lives of the people, you will truncate what I have for them in this year because what I'm doing in this regard is not over yet. You dodge the cross, you miss the crown. You escape the brokenness, you forgo the glory. There are ways of glory that Abba Father has in store for you this year and beyond that you cannot come up to speed to until you have been genuinely broken. And there are signs of a person who is broken. They say where you walk, they say where you talk, they say where you behave, they say where you conduct yourself, you're tender at heart, you're not arrogant, you're not prideful. There are many indications of a man who is broken. A man who is generally broken will not live a double-sided life. It's amazing, Pastor Dan, Pastor Danderson, how many believers live a dual life. They're schizophrenic. On Sunday morning, they do all the clap, all the jump, all the dance. From the car lot, they begin to put on their Christianese language. They put on their Christian suit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, when you see all of you guys in church, uh, like me too, we all look all ready for rapture. 
You don't look like you ever told a lie all your life. You never swore. You never cheated. Never committed. Any, no, you look so wonderful. And I'm happy for you and for me too. But the thing is, we ought to be like this as we are in our job on Monday to Friday. The problem is when there is a duplicity of life. You appear wonderful on Sunday, but on Monday, your miniskirt runs from here to here. Where are you? Are you hot or you're cold? You're in church clapping, jumping on Sunday morning, but on Friday, I think some of you not here because the house of revival, we don't do that here, but some people elsewhere, they found in a lounge on Friday, cognac and Don Perion and all kinds of crazy stuff, arguing, is it right or is it, what's wrong with you? Can I play sexual healing? Play what you want to play. But you see, the more you draw near to God, there's certain things consecration will demand from you. I question whether you're born again. You can think you're born again because you're in church. You know all the songs. I question how many people in the world who say they're born again are really born again. Pastor, the way you preach, they will go away. Well, I don't preach for them to come. I preach the word he puts in my heart. They come, they go, praise the Lord. Are you serious? Look at me, I'm serious. I've been this serious for a long time. Sometimes the church will grow, it will swell, it will decrease. I laugh. I tell myself, maybe the heat was turned on last Sunday. The heat was turned on last Wednesday. That somebody couldn't stand the heat in the kitchen. If you can't, it's not my fault. I'm a bus driver. I don't own the bus. The bus belongs to Jesus. I don't determine who comes into the bus that I drive. The boss belongs to Jesus. That's why we say in Roderick, it's all about Jesus, not good heart. So in the bus that I drive, some people will come down. Bye. But as some come down, I've learned that more people come out again. Welcome. I will do all I can do humanly to keep you in the bus. I will pray, I will fast, I will declare, but I will not change the language just to keep you on the bus. That will be a compromise of my assignment by God. It's too sacred to compromise. What are you? Are you really a saint or you're a sinner? Ask yourself. You know, the challenge with the, the faith, I dare say, this will, this, will, this, will, this, will, this will grip your heart. People don't want to go all the way with Jesus. What they want is this. They want to be far enough not to go to hell. Huh? But close enough to the world to enjoy the world. Just, just, just far enough. Because they know when they begin to draw nearer, God will show them stuff. They will see stuff. They will begin to see there is a duplicity of life. If your inner life 
is not in tandem, in agreement to your outer life, Jesus calls you and me maybe a hypocrite. He called the Pharisees, oh ye hypocrites. They love the place of honor and title, but their hearts were like whitewashed sepulchers full of dead bones. They said one thing, but they did another thing. Saints, it will be very, very challenging to be exposed to this kind of teaching and you allow it to fly over your head. I, I, I want the Lord to give you understanding. Lord, help me. I went to a school, secondary school, called King's College Lagos. Known to be a prestigious school, at least then when I was there in the 80s. And um, one thing we learned from our teachers as we came in, part of our induction process, we were told that it's possible to come into school, KCL, Kings of Lagos, and go through the five years then of being in school and possibly suffer not allowing the school to go through you. That means you can go through five years and the culture, the ethos, the ethics, the principles, the values, of that school will not be ingrained in you and truthfully so i came out in my fifth year and there were people from a particular part of nigeria not just excluded to them but after five years of coming through king's college lagos there were still certain cultures and ethos and values they failed to embrace by going through the school do you live with me You've seen graduates that went through the same school you went through, same secondary you went through, but somehow it's a culture shock. It's like, how could you go through any federal government college still think like this, talk like this, be so tribalized and so on and so You know, the point I'm making is this. You can be in a good environment like this. Logic. Presumably a house of revival. Fire, prayer, prayer. We pray in our church. We're on GPP every day. Don't you know? Come to logic. But the question to be asked is, you look inward. How much of the spirit of the house? Oh boy. I want to be deliberate. How much of the culture of the house are you allowing to go through you? How has the word you've been hearing shaped your thinking process? How has this changed you when you have the option to do bad and to do good? How has it shaped your choices and decisions when you have the opportunity to do good or to do bad? How? You know what? It will be a disservice to God if we as Christians, believers, live a life from Monday to Saturday different from what we purport to live on Sunday morning. The world will laugh at us. The world will question the truth of our encounter with God. Saints, I find that one of the reasons for this level of duplicity in the life of any believer, listen carefully, please listen, please listen, is the disallowance, or better still, the refusal to go through the wilderness of life and allow the intention, wow, 
of the wilderness in our lives to be performed. Listen, between Egypt and Canaan, oh boy, there is of necessity a wilderness. Do you hear me? Please listen. I want you to get this, I beg of you. You don't leave Egypt and automatically appear in Canaan. However, the Bible says that God brought them out to bring them what? He brought them out from where? Egypt. To take them in where? So between out and in is what? Wilderness. Fantastic. They prolonged the wilderness of 40 years, but the wilderness was there notwithstanding. They were to go through it for days, but their sin and by how they responded, they responded, or better still, they reacted to the things they found in the wilderness prolonged their stay. They reacted against manna. They reacted against certain things happening in their lives in the wilderness. So they complained. So they murmured. In a like manner today also, when God in his graciousness allows believers to go through their momentary season of wilderness, they can choose to be thankful for the process because they know that this is not the final destination is a thorough way to their Canaan they can be grateful they can thank God for the Holy Ghost that is poured out for them in their wilderness making their wilderness a fruitful field a fruitful field becoming a forest they are thankful or they can complain and say what have you done for me lately where are you oh God are you really sure you're there that's how it feels in the wilderness of life wow but it's a necessary passageway to glory. I, I don't know how best to put this in you, but I want, to, I want to give understanding by God's grace. You can't dodge it. You see, anybody who is going to enjoy a deep walk with Jesus, please listen, anybody who is going to enjoy a deep intimate walk with God, must of necessity go through the wilderness. You want to know him? Wilderness. Intimacy? Wilderness. What happens in the wilderness? He prunes you. John 15 verse 1. It's a time for training for reading. So when you enter Canaan, you won't mess up. You'll walk softly and carry a bigger mountain. Do you know by the way, there are certain glories where God to reveal in your life today, it will lift you up in pride. What will you do when people call you Jesus? On account of what Jesus is doing through you. You may forget that you are the donkey carrying him. When they say, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. It's not you. It's not the donkey. Oh, foolish donkey. No. You're, you're carrying the master. It is brokenness. Oh God. I hope you're getting this thing over. Glory is serious soul. See, I don't want glory if it will destroy me. I don't want. 
That one glory, 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 glory. It's not like that too. There must be a breaking. There must be a, a closing before the glory comes. Otherwise, ah, glory unveiled. With you on Friday at the lounge, nightclub. Eh? I said, okay, I know me now. You know we are. You know we are politicians. Is is this is how we meet our 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 contacts? Ah, <laughs> contacts. So much like contacts. The girls who are half naked, I jump up and says, "It's contacts. That's contacts." Con- con- confusing your mind. Contact. It's contacting. That's the kind of contact. Contact. You contact many things. They're contact. My Bible tells me, flee from every appearance of sin. You see, contacts. It's part of the campaign process. Cam- campaign process. Your soul is more valuable than campaign. What? Would it profit a man to gain the whole world? They lose your soul. Say, say, we are we billionaires. We it's where we mingle, 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 mingle with what? What has the righteous got to mingle with the sinful? At the best, you are the salt and the light. But in that state where you are, they can't tell who salt and light you give. How you are? They can't tell. How you're trying to explain that? You say, ah, bros, I used to go to, I used to be born in, I said, I'll go to church. I'll go see, I'll go see my pastor. He go wash me clean. When he go preach, I just stay clean one time. <laughs> ah! This life is a choice. This thing is a, is a, you can, you choose to go to heaven or hell. It's a choice. It's, it's a choice you have. Don't say anybody lured you. It's a choice. It's better to be hungry and be right with God than to have much and be wrong with God. If men reject you, God accepts you. You're safe. But if God rejects you, men accept you. You of all men, most miserable. Let the life you live in church reflect outside on Monday to Saturday. Don't break street lights. Don't throw banana peels on the floor. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't falsify documents. Say it's, it's business. Oh God, you know something. It's business. That's how we pack it tight and off it. Don't pack it tight and off it like that. I don't want. Not that kind of tight. That you can't explain. People think that by the time you do all kind of evil stuff, you're consecrated with tight 10%. No. It doesn't work here. Thieves to pay tight. Arm robbers, they pay tight. They have pastors too. Hey, my man, pray for me now. Pray for boys. One God, pray me, pray for boys. Pray for boys. My son, the works of your hands shall prosper. Go and prosper. Error. Old syllabus. Wrong syllabus. Old and wrong. I close with John 15. My heart is full, as you can see. I can keep it for one hour. I haven't scratched my note at all. I'm just in the intro. <laughs> ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Someone say, man of God. Kulu temper. 
Somebody shall fire. Somebody shall glory. Purified for the glory. A people are being sanctified for the glory. A people are being set apart for the glory. Somebody shout, Here I am, oh God. Set me apart for your glory. Woo! Hallelujah. He heard your cry. If your cry was sincere, he heard your cry. I share a testimony that is very real. Pastor Ralph, a dear daughter sent me an email. I mean, it, it kept. I almost wept as I read it. She was a member of a Pentecostal church in a particular city. Very thriving, big name. And she was a cell leader of a particular cell of that church family. And on a consistent basis, and by the way, the cell leader host was a husband married to a wife with children. But uh, in the process of leading cell, she led the man, the man led her to places where they should be leading each other. You know what I'm saying? Young girl, married man, wife and children. They were leading themselves into a bed of sin and iniquity. It came to a point in time where the lady got tired left that particular ministry, obviously left the cell, and by divine providence, she found her way to this local, local assembly. Her testimony goes thus, to the glory of the Lord. Please, I beg of you. Having been here for a number of months, under the teaching and the atmosphere, God strengthened her. Her life changed. Her taste bud changed. But in the middle of all of that, the same former cell host gets in touch with her. And tells her, hey babes, my wife has gone on a long trip. Can you come down for us to get down? The girl said in no unmistakable ways, I don't, I don't do that anymore. I'm done. I, 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 I am done. I'm saved, sanctified, and I'm waiting upon the Lord to do it for me in terms of marriage. Why do I say that? Just to let you know. That being in church, being a worker in church, only is not enough for your sanctification. Yes. Being a pastor, I'm a pastor. What they will call in today's language, Jew, and I'm not a Jew, they are going. Some, some of them are going. Not all of them, some people fight me. Please forgive me, sir. All this us, please, you're not going. But the young boys who are coming, they're going. Our elders, you're not going, sir. Please, please, please. Your Majesty. Your Majesty, you're not going, sir. Please, please. I'm but a small child. How can I say such a thing against Jews? Please tell all your pastor was sorry. The point to be made is this. If I keep this Bible away, keep prayer away, keep my personal altar away, I can't tell you where you may find me, God forbid, but for the mercy of the Lord. So being in church doesn't guarantee being in touch. That's a point to be made. Please, from today, let your heart embrace the atmosphere. Go back to the teachings. I gave you a book 
brokenness. It's still our book for this month. Go and get it. We ran out last month. We brought more. It's, it's the book for this year. Brokenness. Go through it. Go through it. You'll be the better for it. You have simple instructions. Obey it. Show up in night video. Show up. Pray. Pray. What is it? But if you pick and choose what you do, you pick and choose trouble and wahala. John 15. I am the true vine. And my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth. That word purge means to prune. It's a blessing when God is pruning you. Uh -huh. He pruneth. Why? That it may bring forth much fruit. He doesn't prune to kill. He prunes to circumcise your heart that you may bring forth much fruit. Can you invite the Lord afresh? Oh, please invite him afresh into your heart, to your life. You have just experienced the preaching and teaching ministry of Good Heart Obi Ekweme, lead pastor of Revival House of Glory International Church, Rogic, and the apostolic leader of the Horn of Revival Ministry, a global outreach ministry mandated to carry the touch of revival across cities and nations. If you would like to ask a question, share your prayer request or testimony, or get more messages or books from Apostle Goodheart, please call or text 0805-223-4444 or email info at rogic.org. That is info at rhogic.org. Also download the Horn of Revival Ministry app on Google Play or Apple Store to connect with a variety of quality resources including Rogic Radio and our refreshing daily devotions to take you higher in life. And for real-time ministry, you can follow Apostle Goodheart on Twitter. The handle is at Pastor Goodheart. And on Instagram, the handle is at Apostle Goodheart. Keep hearing the Word of God. It will produce intimacy with your spirit for uncommon encounters on the earth.